about your teddy bear. That's. <laughs> well, I just thought Fizzy was chewing on my shoe, so I was about to yell at her. Wait, she's chewing on the and, teddy bear. And she and um, well, I mean, I, I got this teddy bear back in like February. It's no longer a teddy bear. It's not been a teddy bear for some time. I mean, she tore that shit to smithereens months ago and loves the little rag. Now it's a loofah sponge. But <laughs> yes, yeah, and she like loves. The rags that are left of this former love of mine. I mean, it wasn't even a love affair. Let's be real. It was a, was it a, a V-Day gift from someone you were dating? Uh, no, we just happened to have gone. We had like a weekend away. Um, gave you a teddy Nashville. bear? He gave me a teddy That's bear. That's really cute. Yeah, but then his, his car, his, like his actual heart was, was like, not so. good. <laughs> I also, I'm not going to lie, like at the risk of sounding like a snob, I also feel like a teddy bear gift at our age, it feels like on one hand, it's a amateur. It feels very amateurish because yeah. it's, because it's a throwback like, what is to this? like, are you my high school boyfriend? Yes, exactly. I was like, I remember getting teddy bears for like the Valentine's Day dance at Huddy. <laughs> Junior high. No. Like, look. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't work out, so I, I, I have no issue with you taking issue. <laughs> I'm not taking issue. I'm just, uh, I'm supporting you. Like, if he turned out to be a, a good one, I wouldn't even be saying it. Uh. He's such a, he's, he was such a piece of work. Then he reached out to me, like, a month ago, being like, oh, my phone's sending out random messages. Sorry if you got a message. Fuck you. From me. <laughs> Fuck you. Dude. I don't even remember your name. (laughs) (laughs) What is her name? Call back. Call back to our Fresh Prince episode. Um, What is up, listeners? We disappeared on y'all. We really did. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. We were like, here's all the things we're going to do for October. And then we didn't do any of them. Um, (laughs) And I feel like I'm I'm mostly to blame because we were all set up to... Well, you know, life got in the way, so then we were a little bit behind, and then we were all set up to do a double header recording. We were going to do this episode right here, um, and Death Becomes Her, and then we did Death Becomes Her. I realized that my recording didn't go, and I was so just, like, over it that I was like, I can't fucking record tonight, and Mia was so patient and kind. She was like, it's okay, boo. Like, we don't have to record tonight, and I was just like, fuck, and like... Stopped off. I'm also like titrating off my uh, my antidepressant. Um, that's that might be related. I don't know. Um, but I acted like a 12 year old and was just like, "Fuck this!" I really was over it. It was also a Friday night, so it was like the the end of a long work week, and I was just like, I had no spoons, man. So anyway, I feel like I'm largely to blame. Also, we were planning on doing an episode about Chappelle show, and then that happened. Chappelle did his thing. He sure did. Did you watch it? I finally watched no, I it. I haven't watched it. I finally and watched what's it. What's the verdict? What's the verdict? It's co- as a queer person. I know. This is like I feel like I haven't I've gotten a I've I've read at this point I've read a couple of takes from people like us who are queer and also like adore Dave Chappelle. Like I've gotten a couple of those, which are, I, I think are the most interesting takes you know what i mean was it you that said to me that he feels like a little bitter like in his last few specials like he said that after the last one yeah yeah he's got like some major chips on his shoulder which like he has like an edge yes which makes his like 
I'm not even going to pronounce this word right, but you know that word. Ouvre. That's that, no, <laughs> you know that's a good one. I know how to pronounce that. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what word? Um, a c e r b i c. Oh, acerbic. Acerbic. Yeah. It's more about the emphasis, like acerbic. You know, you can say you, you can say it wrong. You know, acerbic. 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 That's like um, my friend Lee, her brother. So whenever her brother comes to visit Boston, you know the North End in Boston, that neighborhood. He says, "Is that like near it, Little Italy?" It is Little Italy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's so that yeah. area. I'm, I I knew that. Oh my god. So you say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now I don't know what it is, but like there's like a there's like a, a mutually agreed upon like this is how we pronounce it, like this is where we put the emphasis and her brother does her brother does it the exact opposite way and it sounds like so wild <laughs> the way he says it. I think he says like the north end where you're supposed to say the north end. <laughs> the north yeah, end. The north end. The south end. It's always the Right. Yeah. And he's like the North Uh, End. We'll go to the North End. And we're like, what are you (laughs) like? What? I don't even recognize that word anyway. Sorry, but go on. Um, Acerbic. Thank you. You can just say it (laughs) because I'm not going to. But that's what Dave Dave Chappelle has become. Yeah, he's I mean, the vibe is different. And like, granted, like he's been through a lot of shit like and he's he's rightfully cynical, like about the industry and about um, his career and the world and everything. Like I'm, I'm certainly not negating that, but it's interesting. Cause in this, in this special, it was sort it was, I'm, I'm still like the, the, the short of it is like, I'm still working out <laughs> how I feel about it. Cause like, you know, I think the last couple of specials, it was this weird blend of like moments where I was really like genuinely uncomfortable, which I hadn't experienced with him before, where I was like, oh, Dave, like you're it's I feel like you took it a little far. Like, you know what I mean? There are all these jokes where God, somebody articulated it really well in this article I read, but it was basically just like you're with him, you're with him, you're with him. And then like I feel like for fun, like he does it for sport, like he wants to push it an extra, like, he's a habitual line stepper, to quote Chappelle's Ooh. show. <laughs> to, to quote himself. To quote himself. Yeah. To quote Charlie Murphy. And it's weird. It, it is, like, it feels like it's purely for shock value a lot of the time. And I, but, it, but it goes further than I'm comfortable with. And it's weird because, so, the whole special, like, he, he basically sets the foundation at the beginning of the special, like, this is, like, for the queer community, like, this special. And it's pretty much all he says that kind of like and i mean it's pretty much all he talks about for the entire special which again like sort of oh, goes back that's, to that's like a choice right it's it's it, exactly <laughs> which which really it's like before this special i thought oh he has a chip on his shoulder now i'm like holy shit he's got like a fucking he's he's got i feel vindictive like towards this community and it's just really fucked up um but so you know how when when he left Chappelle's show, like when he decided to leave Chappelle's show, he said it was because he was putting comedy out there and he he suddenly like looked at the audience and how they were receiving it. And like. He wasn't comfortable with how it was being received, like it was the the, the way that the audience was laughing was not the way he wanted them to be laughing. And it's interesting because I felt that way watching this special as a queer person. Because I was like, okay, he's, you know, as far as we know, he's a cis hetero man. 
And I'm going to assume most of his audience cis hetero folks. And they're all like with him the whole time, like laughing hysterically the whole time, like even as he's like using words like dyke. And I'm like, and at a certain point in the special, it was really towards the end. It took me a long time to really like let it click. And I was like, oh, I feel the way he felt when he was doing Chappelle's show. Because I'm like, this is a room like full of, I would feel so differently about everything that he's saying if he were a queer comedian and this were a room full of queer people. I think I would feel very differently. And the fact that he doesn't get that, that right. like, is like, is wild. Or is choosing not, not to, to honor that or show empathy is weird. Because it's like, dude, you canceled, you canceled your whole show for like similar reasons. It's very weird. It's very ironic. Yeah. And on top of that, he positions himself as like a super ally. And he even, yeah. he spends the last 15 minutes of the show talking about this very close friendship he developed with a trans woman who was an aspiring comedian and how she committed suicide. And it's interesting because like at first you're, you're with the story and you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is devastating. Like he lost his friend. And then he clearly, the button on it was clearly about like, it was like he was using that story. To like give himself, I don't know, like carte blanche or yeah, incredibility, yeah. yeah. And it was so it just made me really uncomfortable. Like the the moment that killed me was was really the use of of the word dyke. I was like, he used the phrase like frumpy dyke. I can't even remember, can't even remember the context. And frankly, like to me, the context doesn't even matter. So I was like, I'm sorry, like you're not. That's one of those words. Like we reappropriated it. I use it all the time, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like. I'm never going to use the N word. I'm never going to use the F word. Like that's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's not my mm-hmm. identity. Like, and that's not your identity. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be using it. Like, that's not cool. A, a lot of comedians and him, him included are really like, they're being very vocal about the fact that like the generation coming up is, is perhaps like too PC, like too, you know, I don't, too sensitive, whatever. Um, and that words are just words and like, blah, 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 blah. And in the face of what other generations have have um gone up against like words are the least of it but but i i mean <sighs> i mean all i need to know is that is that trans people are upset about it i can't really say like i'm not a trans person i can't say like this material about trans people was not okay like even with that like there were parts that were hilarious and really true the way that you and i talked about in his last special when he talked about lgbtq in the car that was the fucking funniest thing ever and that was mm-hmm. like queer material, but it was. But it there was, was very against insight. that too. There, I'm sure there was. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, yeah. But yeah. it was. But that was very insightful. There was something really insightful about that whole bit. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Well, to take it into a different direction. Yes, please. Um, there's there, there's an update about one of your booze yeah. that I actually think ties into the Chappelle. Um, situation. Yes. Um, your 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 boy Pete Davidson. Oh oh oh! I think I know. I think I know about this. I meant to text you about it and forgot. It's it's like absurd in my mind that he's dating Kim Kardashian. Um, Truly, like what? <laughs> but it just like confirms like he clearly has like the biggest stick in the planet. Like. You know what I mean? like <laughs> But the reason why I feel like Kim Kardashian and Dave Chappelle should have a conversation is because 
Dave Chappelle is ultimately at war with himself. Yes. Like, you chose to have a public persona. Mm-hmm. You chose to be a uh, edgy comedian. And this, you, 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 like, critique comes with the package of, like, your, like, prolificness as a comedian. Right. So I feel like no other celebrity embodies, like, I know how to turn critique into a billion dollars than, like, fucking mm, Well like, said. Like, like, she's. Like, she's like a master class. Like, she's like, oh, you yeah. just threw a dart at me? Like, oh, I'm going to, like, spit out billions of dollars. I'm going to try. <laughs> like, she just, she just, like, is, I don't know. She, she fascinates me only because, like, everything makes her wealthier. Mm-hmm. Like, ev- everything does. Like Yeah, you know? there's a, there's <laughs> definitely a grace about how she handles the level of her profile. Yeah. To your point. Which was embodied by her SNL. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, like her poise in the beginning. I was like, who are you? Right. Like, I don't. Right. No, I was, because I, I don't, I don't keep, <laughs> I was just, I was literally just going to say, I don't keep up with the Kardashians. Um, but I don't, like, I, I don't. So. Oh, that's funny. No, Cause that's, that, that was funny. Right. <laughs> that was, okay, I get it. I was late. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I, when I saw her on SNL, I was like, I was so, I liked her so much and I was just really impressed with her. Like she, kn- she's like she's she's a force to be reckoned with. Totally, like, I, totally. I, I re- deeply respect her. Of course. Um. So anyway, uh, listeners, we were uh, our plan was to cover uh, Chappelle show. We were gonna do uh, what were we gonna do? Top ten sketches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are we doing today? Now we're here to talk about a film <laughs> from 1996. Oh my god. And it it feels oh, very 1996, doesn't it? I mean, musically, ah, uh, fashion-wise, ah, uh, ugh. ugh, the Seattleness yeah. of it all, the Seattleness of it all. <laughs> Early Reese Witherspoon. Oh my God, she looks like a baby in this. She's a because she because she was a baby. She was, and I'm I'm going to put forth that this film is when Marky Mark became Mark Wahlberg. Wow. In the narrative arc of his career. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. I'm going to say it. When he was beating his chest, he was beating Marky Mark out of his body. <laughs> <laughs> when he said, slip me in the fucking house. He was saying that as Mark Wahlberg, not Marky Mark. Yeah. Let Mark yeah. Wahlberg in. Let Marky Mark out. <laughs> now, before we get any further... <laughs> I need to name, we talked about this a year ago. Mia has a thing for thuggish white boys. Um, and if there's a prototype for the thuggish white boy. He's number one. I mean, it's, it's it, first of all, it's really his older brother, Donnie. Let's be oh, clear. Come on. Like, yeah, come on. Give, give the do. But, give the do. But, but, but Donnie's like a, Donnie's like a. What do you call it? Like a wild card. Like Donnie is a wild he card. Just, he takes it too far. At least, at least early in his career. Like I think he's thinking, still is. thinking back to NKOTB, he was just like, you just never knew like what you know what you're gonna get with Donnie. But, you know, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like Mark's a little bit more measured, a little bit more a little like bit. you know, I don't know. A little bit. Anyway. Though he still gets arrested so, for assault and shit like that. You know? <laughs> Mark does? Yeah. Like recently? I think so. Maybe not recently. Oh my God. We, we, okay, we, we need, have to we, look we, into we'll, his we'll record. Look into this. But Marky Mark our Mark Wahlberg, to your, to your, thank you for that correction. Mark Mark Wahlberg, I mean, he's in he's 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 in my he's in my hot white thuggish boy canon. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I don't I don't spend time thinking about him actively anymore. He's only he's only like ten years older than us, but whatever. Which is wild. Yeah, he turned fifty this year. Anyway. But he's he's yeah, he's he's essential to my white boy thug love. I mean yeah. he's a fine motherfucker. I um I was really inspired by this. Um to go back and and like map out his early career. <laughs> I think I told you that when when I was when I was doing that because I sent you a screenshot from um from the step by step video the NKOTB step by step because he's like he appears like very briefly like with Donnie just like saying hi to his brother and he looks like he's thirteen or something and I was like when was that because what um. And then a year later, he was doing the Funky Bunch. Like, so he went through hella puberty between, like, in that year. It was crazy. He's so fucking cute. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. (laughs) It's unfortunate. And I feel like every, um, after I watched Fear, I went on YouTube and I was looking at, like, I was like, oh, I want to see, like, lookbacks because this movie is fucking wild, like, in terms of, like, misogyny and, like, (laughs) um, just, like, putting women on a pedestal, like, for purity, like, all that shit. Um, So I just wanted to see the takes on that. And everybody was like, it's unfortunate Mark Wahlberg is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) At the beginning, they're all like, God, he's so hot. Um, I will say, though, like, all of the things that – some of the things about him that made him hot at that time, like, the way he speaks, like, now I find it really comical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> especially because he's like no go ahead god well because he slows everything down and he's like and everything is a whisper <laughs> yeah just like nicole so. nicole i can't even do it i cannot do it but because he's like he's so high profile now like all these people have developed like impressions of him and i feel like every impression is him in fear <laughs> like it's just the way he talks I mean. in fear like we're gonna go to it's Dunkin' iconic. Donuts. Like I can't do it. I can't do mm-hmm. it. It's crazy. So, <laughs> one thing I will say: yeah. um, if he does have a bad boy streak, mm. it seems to have left his body. The last time he was in the news was two days ago. Oh God! Um, proving that he's the ultimate girl dad after letting his daughter do his nails. So okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So his persona is evolving, and that's the. Impact that maybe his partnership with What's Her Face, where he's with Jenny McCarthy, right? What? <laughs> Did I forget about that? I for- that's that's wild. Let's see. I think they're together. That's like two titans together. of '90s pop culture teaming up. Like speaking yeah. of dynasties, yeah, they they mar- they got married in 2014. Oh wow, that slipped my yeah. mind. He was also in the Too Legit to Quit video. Oh, and by the way, like before we move on, so remember our. Um, oh my God, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Donnie married. I was Donnie just married. Say. Donnie married Jenny McCarthy. My bad. I was just going to say. But so, and Mark didn't attend the wedding. Huh? Yeah. The fuck, Mark. That's not cool. Who are you married to, Mark Wahlberg? I don't think he's married to anyone famous or even like semi famous. That was my my memory of it. He's married to Rhea Durham. I don't know who that is. She's an American model. Oh, okay. You have like 1990, just like the timeline is 1990. He's in the step-by-step video. That's like his first thing. 1991, okay. he comes out with the Funky Bunch and does Good Vibrations, which is good vibrations. a fucking phenomenal song. Ah. Like, I can't believe it didn't make like either of our top tens. 
um, when we did the free. There's stuff. so many hard things to choose. From I now. know. And I mean, I feel like he also doesn't count. Um, by the way, no, because <laughs> no, because he's too famous. Like, you know what I mean? That was great. Um, that was great. So by the way, like, remember how we talked about Loli out of Holloway's vocals being like poached for ride on time? Yeah. Her vocals were yeah. also the same song was sampled in Good Vibration. It's the same song. It's just different parts oh. of the song, but she was actually credited for Good Vibrations. Thank you, Funky Bunch. Um, oh. 1992, he does the infamous Calvin Klein campaign with Kate Moss. We actually just start this timeline four years before 1990. Why? What happened in 86? In June 1986, then 15-year-old Wahlberg and three friends chase after three black children while yelling, kill the N, kill the N, and throwing rocks at them. Um, the other, the next day, Wahlberg and others followed a group of mostly black fourth graders taking a field trip on a beach, also yelling racial epithets at them, then threw rocks at them. And he was, and he had civil action filed against him for violating the civil rights of his vic- vic- victims. The case was ultimately settled. And then he had another racially charged incident in 1988. He was 16 and he assaulted a middle-aged Vietnamese American man on the street calling him a racially charged name and knocking him unconscious with a large wooden stick. And then he also, and then he attacked another Vietnamese American. Like, what's the hell? This is not like a dalliance. This is not like a dalliance with hate crimes. No. He had like a multi-year tear of of hate crimes. That's wild. That is effing insane. See, I didn't know about that. You are no longer in my list fucking, what the fuck? You know what's wild about that? Like, that's not even what I was referring to. I thought that he had, like, more recent assault. Like, I think he's no. he's beat the shit out of people, like, in bars recently, like, in the last 10 years or something. I didn't even know about that. That's crazy. And to, to think that, like, after that, he becomes Damn. Damn. famous. Like, that's wild. But that's, but, that's, but, but that's to say the celebrity in, 80, in the 80s and 90s, you didn't have this 24-7. No news machine around it no it was all it was all like through tiger beat and fan mail so right. like right you could really curate your persona and have analog strategic culture omissions damn totally you're a he's like he's like a he's a dipshit oh god yeah i know yeah well that's the new lens through which we will and it's perfect for analyze this film. his performance i feel like yeah. they cast him like they cast the person like not the actor you know what i mean they were yeah, like, they were yeah. like, we're just gonna cast a, a sociopathic dipshit, <laughs> like, because that's basically what he is, right? And he didn't even have to stretch himself, right? Like, ew, that's gross, Mark. I know, so wild. So, 1992, he does the famous Calvin Klein campaign with Kate Moss, where he has the poster and the tidy whities or the boxer briefs, I'm whatever. That up again? Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, that's unfortunate, like, because he's he commits hate crimes. 95 basketball diaries oh, i love him in that i know i so love him I. in that i love that movie i love him in that that to me that was like, 95 you 95. said 95 to me that's leo's that's like best this. performance yeah oh gosh leo's amazing too damn he's really good in that yeah. especially when he's going through uh withdrawal and he's like reggie yeah <laughs> <laughs> or wait when he's or, wait when he's <laughs> That's not funny, but it is funny. I know. When, he, when, when, when he's like, crying to real. his mom, Ma! <laughs> <laughs> Let me in, Ma! And he's like drooling and shit. It was, yes. it was really inspired. It was, inspired. <laughs> it was really inspired. I mean, I mean, to the point where it's like, that's what kids needed to watch to not do drugs. Right. You know? Right. Like, 
fucking watch exactly basketball diaries. That shit did not look fun at all. So, uh, so yeah, Basketball Diaries, 96 is Fear. And then the year after Fear is Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. He did blow up. That was it. Yeah. You're right. That was a seminal moment. Because then he's a serious actor in fucking right. Oscar-nominated films. Right. Like, can we just, yeah. like, watching this film, like, this is sort of like Dawson's Creek Syndrome, like, where you're watching it and then you realize the two leads have been nominated for Oscars. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> a good point. You know? You know, I didn't even realize he was Oscar nominated. Was it for Boogie Nights? I think he was nominated for Boogie Nights. And I think and he was definitely nominated for um, The Departed. Oh, he was yeah. nominated for supporting actor for The Departed. Um, um, he's been nominated a fucking lot. Fucking. Damn, Marky Mark. So early 90s, this, mid 90s. This film is fucking bananas friends like if you watch this it, it just throws into sharp relief just how different things are now in terms of um how teenagers are portrayed in film and on tv like this this film is like wildly adult you know and it centers on high schoolers because reese witherspoon who plays nicole is is um she's she's in a blended family um so she's with her biological father and her stepmother, and the stepmother has a son, I think. So Amy Brennan, Amy Brennan, hottie, sexy Amy Brennan. This whole movie is like she's basically this good girl who hangs out with Alyssa Milano, who is promiscuous and you know like a bad girl, whatever. Vampy. Vampy. <laughs> Trying really hard to seem older. You know the vibes. I also love Alyssa Milano. Oh, my God. Gay origins. Lo- gay lo- origins. Gay origins. <laughs> like, Such fucking watching origins. who's the boss. Like, yes. what is happening? Like, yes. And I didn't and I couldn't, I had no words for what was happening. Like, I'm like, why do I watch this show? I watch it for, for Alyssa Milano. But it was hard to name that for myself. And she maybe also a little bit for Zaddy Tony Danza. Maybe a little bit. Well, right. Like I watched it ostensibly <laughs> for the love for the love between Judith Light and Tony Danza. Yes. But as Alyssa Milano grows on the sh- grows up on the show, I'm like, she's the most interesting. Like, let's watch it for her. Dottie McDotty. I was I, I had a friend who like was weirdly into a, a male heterosexual friend who was weirdly into the show Charmed. But I think it was because he was really into Alyssa Milano. <laughs> And he was like asking me about about Charmed episodes. And I was just like, I don't know Charmed, but I do know all the movies where Alyssa Milano goes topless. (laughs) I didn't know she goes topless in movies. Yeah. Yeah. She went through a period. I feel like it was right after this, actually. Well, this is this movie would be a gateway drug to. Yes. You know, to porn. Yes. Yes. It It totally is. This movie bills itself as a psychological thriller. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, no. Um, <laughs> it's a psychosexual thriller. The film's own producer described it as fatal attraction for teens. Oof. Again. Oof. Um, no. Like, no. Don't, you're giving yourself too much credit here. Yeah, it's, it's campy as fuck. So, um... Nicole and um, Alyssa Milano forget her name. They're friends, even though they're very different. Um, they go to some like there's this coffee shop that's Margo, also- Margo, Margo. Thank you. There's this coffee shop that's also like a bar and like there's pool tables. It's a coffee shop, but it's like people go there in the middle of the day to like 
I don't know, party? It's it's so unclear, like, what this space it's is. Seattle, Caitlin, it's Seattle, Caitlin. Seattle, man. In the, in the 90s. You know, everybody's like, wearing flannel. Every, everyone's wearing mad exactly. flannel. Mad flannel. Bush is playing on the soundtrack. Nicole spots Mark Wahlberg, a.k.a. David, and his giant belt buckle, chalking up a giant pool cue and already looking like a walking phallus. And they don't talk, but they're definitely eyeing each other. And Alyssa Milano talks up his friend who looks really creepy and scary. Um, oh, that guy's so He's gross. terrifying. And then Alyssa Milano like ends up kind of whatever, hanging out with him. They, they go, they got invited to a party. They go to the party and there's like two dudes making out at the party. Did you notice that? That was interesting. I, I was like, Oh, this is supposed to be like a, you know, like a risque party. And that's how we know. Cause there's, there's gay mm-hmm. action happening and it's 1996. Um, and then Mark Wahlberg like creeps around a corner up on Nicole and he goes, you're not dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so hard. <laughs> um, and I noted in my notes, the sociopathic look in his eyes reminds me of someone I used to know. Oof. Somebody that I used to someone know. Someone I used to know. And the whole movie is basically just him like making a really creepy play for her and we're supposed to think it's romantic. Yeah, I remember as a kid like not being as like put off by right. as I right. should be. <laughs> the, that's like what what all of the the narratives were like when we were growing up. It was like, oh, he's like she's resisting and he's like being persistent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Well, you know why? You know why? That's because we read too many Christopher Pike and R.L. Stein <laughs> books. And right, so exactly. It like it like warped our sense of like what's healthy. <laughs> it's true. Um, they go off somewhere. Um he tr- he starts making out with her and he's like eating her face, like when he's making out with her. I don't know if you remember that. It's like so gross. Um no. And then she's not comfortable like going too far and she admits without admitting it that she's a virgin. And then she says to him, I guess you found my flaw, <laughs> which first of all, first of all, gross. Second of all, the way he responds is awful. He says, not a flaw. One more perfect thing to admire and respect. Why? I and I wanted to fling myself out the window. Oh my God, this Oh my god! And then uh, and then she comes home, and her stepmother, hot ass Amy Brenneman, says, "Take off your makeup. You look like a slut." Slut. <laughs> what? <laughs> my head exploded, son. It exploded. Mm-mm. Um. Mm-mm. And then you know, it's just like it's it's this guy David, who's who's a total fucking creep, like pretending like he's a good guy, and being manipulative and controlling. And the whole movie turns into this, like, her f- her father and her boyfriend vying for control over her. Her purity. And her yeah. purity. Yes, exactly. Control over her body, I should say. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. It's so disgusting. Uh, Can we talk about Margot a little bit more? Like, Margot. <laughs> Margot. Please. Is a terrible friend to Nicole, ultimately sleeping with David. What? But David rapes her. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He rapes her. (laughs) That is helpful. 
thing to remember it. So never mind. Is that how you remembered it? Yeah, just that she was like, yeah, I feel like they did jealous of Nicole and like. That's the other thing. I feel like they didn't really like. I don't know, like dwell on that enough. Because Nicole, like, she goes home early one night and he's like, why don't you, why don't you stay over? And she's like, no, um, I got to whatever. Like, my parents will kill me. And then she gets mad at her. It gets into a fight with her dad or something and then, like, goes back out to meet him and rolls up on. So first of all, like, I have so many questions about Mark Wahlberg and his creepy friend and, like, what their living situation is. It's like a bunch of. So he's he was a foster kid, right? Yeah. And I'm assuming they're all just like misfits that never had any like, you know, loving Mm -hmm. parental relationships or whatever. But like they're all like squatting in this house. Squatting. Is that what they're doing? Right? That's the vibe that I got. It's a squatter's vibe. It's also like big, big like heroin, like crack. Like like a crack. Vibes, like crack den vibes. (laughs) Like it's so fucking weird. And there's Margot was also doing crack. Right. So right. And I was like, what? Like the, it was it was wild. Like so Nicole, I think that's where my sympathy for her went out the window. I understand. I understand. Like I think this guy like hooked her on crack and then they were basically like just getting her high and like abusing her body, taking like advantage taking her, advantage yeah. of her. It was just wild. And like Nicole rolls up and like sees through the window that she's like she's in her boyfriend's lap and like kind of gyrating or whatever and smoking crack. And then Mark Wahlberg comes over and then he like pulls her out of he basically like grabs the back of her head and makes her say that she wants to sleep with him, even though she does. And she says yes, because she's like, otherwise you will beat the shit out of me. And then he like pulls her away. But Nicole like sees it through the window so she doesn't quite get that it's not consensual get all the nuance. but you want to talk more about margo well, that's all i was gonna say was that she's not a good friend but you helped me see that there's like layers i feel bad for her i just i felt so bad for her in the movie because then obviously after that nicole is like i don't want to be your friend and margo and yeah. then margo screams at her you're my only friend i She's remember like that being particularly pitiful Ugh. Yeah. Although, although the thing about about Margot that is really icky is that she like flirts with Nicole's dad. <laughs> I think that's the that's whole the vibe weird vibe that yeah. I'm like responding to, which is like, yeah, she's like purposefully like bending over in front of him and like making weird comments, and it's total yeah, like poison sh- ivy vibes. Yeah, it's gross. yes, this was that time. I feel like. There should be a special genre for this movie, Poison Ivy, and the movie The Crush with Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone, yeah. Yeah. Just all those basically all these male, all these male producers. Right. Like finding ways to like validate their like pedophilia. Exactly. (laughs) Precisely. Um, yeah, this one, this film just totally feels like a father's like sick fantasy about like because even the ways like what what's happening to his daughter actually feels unreal you know and it feels exaggerated so it it feels like a father imagining what's happening to his daughter as opposed to like what's actually (laughs) happening you know it's like it's not it's not just that she's with this she has a boyfriend and she's becoming sexual and like having sex with him it's like he's also a crack smoking sociopath and like violent and a murderer and beheads her dog by the way (laughs) 
Really good. Oh, we got to talk about wild horses. Wow, <laughs> that's what this movie's famous for, right? So they're on a roller coaster, y'all. <laughs> they're on a roller coaster. Go on. Or is it a Ferris wheel? Mm. No, it's a roller coaster. Okay, they're on a roller coaster. The roller coaster becomes a metaphor for the sprint towards an orgasm. <laughs> well said. And as they get to the top of the roller coaster. Marky Mark starts to use his hands in all the ways that, you know, <laughs> can make a girl feel good or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> then as they get to the crest, her eyes get really wide. and <laughs> Crest. <laughs> she opens her mouth and she's just like, ah. <laughs> we're supposed to be like, oh, she just had her first orgasm. <laughs> totally. While, whilst. Wild wild horses plays in the <laughs> plays in the background. Uh, Which I feel bad for whoever sings that song because I feel like that scene like, just ruined it forever. I lots of covers, so that's part of it. But this one was sung, sung by the Sundays. First of all, it's so it's so iconic that one of the most frequently googled things is what is the song that plays in fear. When she gets finger banged on the no, but no one, but no one writes that part because, like, it's just what is the song that plays in fear? There's you know the part Google that play. (laughs) (laughs) There's multiple songs like Bush, Come Down is is a song in fear. Oh, so that's not the song they were. That's not the song they were talking about. That's so goddamn funny. I also wrote down that her second orgasm is going to be a mad letdown. Because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on a roller coaster. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, the rest of this movie can be summed up in like David gets really violent and shows his sociopathic ways. There's Um, a home invasion. Oh, my God. The home invasion at the end is absolutely terrifying. Highlights of the film are him stealing her. She has like a daddy's girl bracelet or necklace. And he t- takes it from her room and scratches out daddy and writes David. Ew. It's so, so on the nose. Um, and then there's the part where he tattoos himself, which was your favorite part. <laughs> yes. Forever. So David, David kills a bunch of people. And literally the end of this movie is, <laughs> the end of this movie is like, uh, yeah, the end of this, actually, you know what I also relate this movie to? Did you ever see The Good Son? I love that movie. Me too. Well, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, <laughs> but I used to love that movie. I was obsessed. I loved, how dark, I, lo- I loved how dark it was. I know. There's no other movie like and then, that. And then, the, and then the ending, I'm like, yeah! Yeah. I just love Yes. I, I feel like this it. movie is a little bit like that, where you have this sociopathic person, like AKA Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, and he's just like wreaking havoc for the entire film and like pretending that he's a good boy. And then at the end, it's finally revealed that he is a psychopath and he falls to his death. <laughs> And you're, and you're just like, damn, damn but, son. Okay. <laughs> she literally. Well, because the mother's because yeah. the mother like looks at him and she's like, it's her biological oh. son, and she says, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, see you later, bro. <laughs> see you later, bro. Elijah Wood <laughs> is my adopted son now. What is that quote from Polly D again, my guy? Oh, you what's up, my guy? Me? What's up, my guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's up, my guy? She says that to him. <laughs> <and she talks herself. laughs> That would be amazing. 
Yeah. And basically the same thing happens at the end of fear. The father, of course, the father like ends up pushing him out of a window and he falls to his death. You know, I also like the father. Um, you do. Zaddy. You you, you remember that he's one of my zaddies. Um, (laughs) He's one of my zaddies. Uh, he's in rare form in a movie three years later. Oh, the skulls. Oh, Joshua Jackson. Does Does she, does he play Joshua Jackson's father? No, he plays like an elder states statesman in that in that in the um, frat in in the secret society. Oh hell yeah, that sounds yeah. hot. That sounds really hot. Yeah, yeah. Is he a yeah, little bit he's, evil he's in hot. it? He's he's no no, but he's like but he's like um, hard to read <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> and 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 he wants he wants Joshua Jackson's character to like learn certain lessons, so he like withholds information strategically. He's hard to read and withholding so hot. <laughs> Yeah, that's so and, accurate. And, 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 he's, and, he's, and he's southern. Oh, and he's okay. southern. So yeah, he has a very heavy southern drawl thing going oh. on. Oh, I might have to watch that today. Okay. I might have to watch. I might have to watch the skulls today. So yeah, this film fear. I hadn't seen it. Like I don't even know if I no. I vaguely remember seeing the whole thing. Like it's probably something I watched like at a middle school party, that where I was like dipping in and out of it and like maybe making out with someone. At the same time. Uh-huh. Okay. But I vaguely, all right, all right. you know. Um, <laughs> You're like, as it was, as it was. As it yeah. was. <laughs> I hadn't seen it since then. And um, it deeply disturbed me watching it as an adult. And I feel like this movie shouldn't exist. Except for <laughs> except for the wild horses scene and uh, the way that Marky Mark says things. There's this part where he <laughs> says, um, so he's trying to get in um, Nicole's stepmom's good graces. And she's gardening and he offers to help and he starts talking about, he goes, he mentions the moisture content of the soil. Oh, God. (laughs) And it was so funny. I wrote it down. But anyway, yeah, it should just be that and Zaddy and Alyssa Milano being hot, but not getting raped. And, um, you know, there you go. That's it. This is the film we we had seen. And of course, the Bush song plays. What, what would that? What would this version of the film be called? It's very different. That's a great question. <laughs> Zaddy versus Marky. It's like it's like Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> we, have it. we have it. We have it. Folks. Zaddy versus Marky, and that is now <laughs> the, the title of this episode. That's perfect. Ah, That's perfect title. Marky. I'm going to die. I'm laughing so hard. Oh, my God. There we go. Um, Zaddy versus Marky. <laughs> um, I feel like before we wrap up this app, I have to mention some pop culture news that we that we passed over. Um, okay. So October was LGBTQ History Month. And oh. uh, it was Spooky Month. And I feel like right on cue... Elvira, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, revealed that she's been in a 19-year relationship with a woman. Yes. Which was delightful. And yes. our boo, Cal Penn, our boo. New Jersey native, half of the Harold and Kumar franchise, uh, came out as gay and said that he's engaged to his partner, Josh, of 11 years. They're going to get married. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Land. And the, the, I loved that like the following articles in People This Week were like about how... Cal wants like a traditional big Indian wedding and Josh just wants to no. go to like city hall and they have to like meet in the middle. And I was like, that is so cute. It's really I love cute. You guys are like arguing about your wedding. 
That is amazing. Um, how was the thing last night? It was great. Uh, so Cal Penn and John Cho did a conversation live over Zoom uh, to promote Cal's book that he his memoir that he just released called You Can't Be Serious. And oh, my God, I'm just so in love with the both of them. Like, it was so cute. And they just love each other so much. And it was also very funny because they were just telling ridiculous stories of when they were shooting Harold and Kumar. And listeners, we are going to do the Harold and Kumar trilogy in September and December. And I'm going to lose my mind because I love those movies so much. Yeah. But it was, it was great. Um, I feel like I had, Oh, he told the story of, um, he tells the story in the book too, but he told the story of like his and Josh's first date. And it was really funny (laughs) because Josh, um, apparently like came to his house with an 18 pack of Coors Light and turned on NASCAR on the TV. And Cal was like, uh, <laughs> um, he was yeah. like, this is not going to work. Um, but then he got weirdly sucked into NASCAR and now they're in love and they're getting married. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really That's cute funny. story. Um, the other thing that, that I found out yesterday that blew my mind hole. I don't know if you know this, but my did you know, hole that there is a new film adaptation of Macbeth coming out starring Denzel Washington as Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. I have no words because obviously that's what's happening. The trailer is fucking fire, bro. (laughs) It's I saw the trailer. I don't know how I, I, I saw it came, it popped up on my YouTube and I was like, what's this? And I clicked it and Oh my God. I want to have a whole episode dedicated to Francis McDormand. Let's do it. Because she just fascinates me. Same. So before we wrap up, I just want to say we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash pop junction. If you want to throw us a dollar, a dollar, subscribe to us. We're going to start releasing some bonus content, AKA weird outtakes from our episodes on there. So you can access that if you subscribe. And what are we doing next week? We have our first guest. Um, next week. <clears throat> I'm fucking. Yeah. yeah that, that was, I was going to say that. Sorry. And I mean, next week's content is near and dear to my heart. I mean, it's like teen canon, prestige, 90s television, mm-hmm. and everything about it. The fact that it like started when we were in sixth grade, so we were at a transition in our own lives mm-hmm. when the show began, to the fact that it was only one season, which somehow made it even better. Mm-hmm. My so-called life. Yes, and our our dear friend Logan Cooper is going to be joining us. Yes, and she's nervous, but we're excited. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, she knows my so-called life like the back of her hand. Yeah, like, of the three of us, she is the clear expert. So we will see power to her. Oh my god! Vengeance. Totally. We haven't had a whole lot of uh, throwback memory conversations. Oh in God. our episodes lately, yeah, I feel we, like it's we can all, have so it's many. It's going to be like next week. <laughs> we'll talk about my so so-called many. life for two seconds, and then we're just going to start talking about middle school and yes, high school. Because Logan, Logan, Caitlin, and I all went to middle and high school together. Yep. So be wild. seven years of schooling. It's going to be wild, son. Until then, this right, watch your back because Marky Mark's coming. But Zaddy's going to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>